I stand behind this 100%. I promise action and adventure. I promise laughs. I promise love. And I do all my own stunts. The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here are your co-hosts, Eve D., Bruce H., and the Monty Man. Yes, do you know who that little voice was there at the beginning? Any guesses? Any guesses? There was a voice at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) So Bruce is getting, he doesn't hear voices. He doesn't hear voices. (laughs) That was the voice of Charlie Brown from the Charlie Brown movie. Oh, I knew that. Did you really? No, no, you didn't. (laughs) Well, welcome aboard, everyone. Welcome to Take 12 Radio's uh, Open Forums, the great reality. Eve is here and Bruce is here. Nala the dog is here. Christy the cat is here. They seem to be behaving themselves so far. And uh, we are all together. And uh, this week's topic is, <clears throat> is there a difference between anger and resentment? Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. We're going to discuss that and kind of unpack that a little bit and talk about that, uh, particularly how, how it applies in our recovery process. Um, this quote, one of my, my newest... The newest, it's been around a long time actually. It's been around since the uh, 50s. Um, is by Warren Wendell Wearsby. Now, Warren we- oh, Wendell Wearsby. I remember Wearsby. him. <laughs> mm-hmm. are, are you being truthful or are you just fun and Warren Wearsby? Yeah. Yeah, hey, I used you to know? listen to him on the radio all the yes, time. Yes, that's right. Uh, he was the pastor at uh, the Moody Bible Church, part of the Moody Bible Institute in uh, Chicago. Uh, he was a Baptist pastor uh, in the 50s. And he was the director of the lit- lit- literature division of Youth for Christ. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a quote of his, and I just love it. Truth without love is brutality. Love without truth is hypocrisy. Mm, love that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Anyway, so there's just a little tidbit there. Yeah. Warren Grisby. Um John MacArthur has been credited with that that quote, but John MacArthur would tell you that no, it wasn't his, but he uses it a lot. Um, <clears throat> and so there, that is there. So that's a lot of fun. And, and so uh, I had, a, how are you guys? Before I tell you about my week, how are you guys? You've been kind of traveling around, right, Eve? Yeah, I went down <laughs> to Southern California, got sunburned a little bit. A little sunburn? A little sunburn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Got blisters on my lips from... Not putting sunblock I was on my. So we do a kiss in the sun. Yeah, it's called doing yard work. Yard work yeah. out there and forgetting that that yes. you're in Southern California. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you said that. I gotta get some chapstick because <laughs> mine are just dry from all that medication and. <laughs> Bruce, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> Mr. Dry I, don't, I don't know whether I'm up or down. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just. Life's a whirlwind. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you, let me tell you, I had the coolest day yesterday. Um, yesterday, I spent the majority of the day with the guys and gals from the Pacific Northwest Teen Challenge. 
the, the Women's Center in Eugene and the, the, the Willamette campus from Shedd. And uh, we piled into a couple of vans and went out to Harland, Oregon. Ever been to Harland, Oregon? Mm-hmm. Driven through it. It's, it's up there. You know, the pastor has a steel and no teeth. He and, has a steel. A steel. He cooks on a steel, you know, where they make make moonshine. That's what I thought you were talking yeah, about. No, he doesn't have steel. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> you know, so we're driving down this road, and these guys are just cracking me up. They're going, well, boys, <laughs> there's, there's the Jeepers Creepers shed over there. Oh, do you hear that? Something's <laughs> on top of the top of the van trying to get in. <laughs> so we pull in, we pull into the church, which is the biggest building for miles. And it's not very big. We pull into the church, and one of the guys goes, don't you think we ought to park so we can get out of here really quick? <laughs> because I think they really do want us for lunch. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. It was up there. It's, it's away from, you know. But it was so cool because these people, it's this little itty-bitty church. I mean, I, I think if, if, if you were willing to break the fire code, you might get 20 people in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but these folks were just so real. You know, you had these two older gentlemen playing on their get fiddles. You had a nine-year-old kid running the overhead projector. Remember overhead projectors? Yes. Uh, running the overhead projector. How we were, could I forget? It was only 10 years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> we sang. Um, it just sounds like the people you went with for, you know. It was fun. amazing. It was fun. I was cracking up. These guys were just had me in stitches, and and uh, so we, we go and we go to the service, and and they 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 had the whole service. Teen Challenge had the whole service, and excuse me, Adult and Teen Challenge is the the new name, um, and. These folks were so real. I mean, little old grandmothers in tears, you know, oh. and they did the. I don't know if you've ever seen Bruce, if you've ever seen a cardboard testimony. They, people have been doing it for a while now, but it's where they take a piece of cardboard on one side. They say what they were like. <clears throat> you know, I was I was the neighborhood dope dealer. And then they flip it around. It goes, now I'm your neighborhood hope dealer. Well. <laughs> you know, but everybody comes up and they hold it up and then they flip it to what God's done for them, you know, and then you have this whole stage mm-hmm. full of these guys and gals with these cardboard testimonies. And yes. I mean, it's just, it's heart wrenching. I'm just, I'm saying, you know, me anyway, I'm just blubbering. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting so blessed. And I'm looking <laughs> at these little women and stuff and they're just, and we got digging it. And we got nerve to say there is no God. I know. It's just, it's it just was crazy. so cool. Uh, Pastor Doug Jameson, uh, a friend of mine from, gosh, from New Life Center years ago, was a youth pastor there when Marsha and I got married. He's the pastor up there, and he, oh. he's actually moving to Crawfordsville, but I think that was the next to the last Sunday that he was going to be up there. Um, but it was great. Then we had a potluck downstairs in the basement, you know, and the little old ladies go, now, 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 boys, this this is probably different than you're used to. We have paper plates today. We've been saving up to get these paper plates. And then you put you put the rice on your plate, and then you put something else that you want over there, and then you put that on your plate. And you just go ahead, go on, keep on going down the line, and then you see the dessert, the desserts down there. And, and I'm like, this is so cool. It was so, it was so simple and refreshing and, 
you know, the fog was kind of setting in in the trees and the the green rolling hills. I mean, it, I, yeah, we did make deliverance jokes and things like that because it's so far up there. But it, it was just, and the guys just love it. They were just letting there's one guy, that's where he's from, his country like that. And he goes, mm. This is my kind of country, you wow. know. So we get you know, we get caught up in these mega church experiences sometimes and, and, and we lose some uh, you know, grandma and apple pie. Mm-hmm. It's just it's amazing. And the women from the women's center were just as precious as can be. Um so this is this is gonna be a real treat for me to to be working with these guys. I'm just I'm so excited. So it's official. So now I can say it. It's official. I've been approved. So the, the listeners know. Um, I am now officially a counselor out at the Pacific Northwest Willamette Campus of Adult and Teen Challenge. And I'm going to be working out there with these folks. And um, it, it just, It's an amazing ministry. I, I've watched over 30 years. I've watched, of course, I've been around long, longer than that. But my experience has been watching the evolution of this organization in 30 years go through some pretty horrific experiences and come out with such grace. Um, they really are. They really are the world's most effective faith-based recovery treatment organization in in the world. Uh, and they're the largest one. And uh, they cut to the chase. I mean, this whole thing about working towards God, I mean, you're, you're cutting to the chase. Day one, man, you're in the word. Sorry if you don't like it. You're in the word. <laughs> I mean, they, mm-hmm. those guys are busy. They are busy. But to hear these guys, one guy was facing 360 months in prison. 360 60 months. Yes. And the judge said 20 years. They well, they were saying No, no, more than that. Yeah, more than that. They, the judge was was ready to lock him up, throw him the key. And the the um, the district attorney said, uh, who happened to be a born again believer, said, yeah. uh, "I've got an option here. I want you to consider, Judge." And he told him about the Willamette Center Team Challenge, and the judge said, "Okay." Mm. And the guy's been there now almost a year, but it's a year long program. That's what makes it so effective. Yes, is it's long term. I mean, apart from the fact that it's faith based, but it's that long term. It's so important. Yeah, yeah, so vitally important. Uh, so that was that was great. Um, the song we're going to listen to when we close out the show today is by Jamie Elker. It's called A Call to Arms. So we're going to close out with that today. But today's uh, today's topic is anger versus resentment. Is, is there a difference? And uh, me thinks so. Um, we, we do talk about how we need to be careful about certain emotionals, emotions and emotional responses and what we do with them and so forth in recovery. So we're going to be talking uh, about that when we come back uh, from our break. Before that, though, a little bit of sad news. Well, not a little. It's kind of a lot. Um, Santa Monica police confirmed last week that Keith Emerson died um, of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. They ruled it a suicide. Keith Emerson is one of the most legendary keyboardists in rock history, thanks to his work with Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Uh, he died at age 71 mm. last week. Uh, Carl Palmer uh, said, Keith was a gentle soul whose love for music and passion for his performance as a keyboard player will remain unmatched for many years to come. He was a pioneer and an innovator whose musical genius touched all of us in the world of rock, classical, and jazz. I will always remember him as warm, a uh, good sense of humor, compelling showmanship, and dedication to his musical craft. I am very lucky to have known him 
and to have made the music we did together. Rest in peace, peace, Keith. Um, ironically enough, they were the authors of the song Lucky Man. Mm. Oh, what a lucky man he was. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's it seems to be a lot of deaths in the music industry in this last year. You know, a lot of people have, have, have passed away. On a, on a little bit of upbeat note, there is a there is an organization up in um, Seattle called Pong, and I'm not sure what it stands for, but it's a networking group, kind of like Sober Portland was. Eve, you went up with me to Sober, mm-hmm. sober. Um, and it's uh, uh, professionals within the be- behavioral health professions uh, getting together, and they do a networking thing. Well, Sober Portland has been resurrected; it kind of went silent for a while, and we've named it Ping. the portland integrated networking group uh we we kind of picked up where sober portland left off and i met with uh, those folks uh last week and kyle uh thompson the community outreach coordinator for teen challenge uh, went with me and we had a great turn about 30 35 different people from that's great it it was awesome and we met at the um this last time we met at the serenity lane on Barber uh, Barber Boulevard, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm not sure where we're meeting next. But if you're interested, if you're from this from the Pacific Northwest, and you want to network with the movers and shakers in the professional recovery community, please send me an email at take twelve radio at comcast dot net. Um, the Teen Challenge Center is going to be hosting one of these events, maybe not this next one, but probably the one after for uh, professionals here in the Willamette Valley. So that's going to be cool. Just great people. Ryan Opsel from Astoria Point and, and Tim Adrian and, and all those guys. Um, Shannon from um, Lifeline Connections up in Vancouver. And just a ton of ton of folks. So good stuff. All right. <clears throat> so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got some fun. Cecil's got some fun for us. Aren't you excited, Bruce? I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> and we're gonna try. We're gonna try to make sure that Bruce doesn't get angry or resentful, right? <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> All right, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back. During a rally in the evening of July 1958, dozens of gang members from the streets of New York City came forward to turn their will and their lives over to Jesus Christ, including Nikki Cruz from the street gang, the Mau Mau's. The morning after the rally, Nikki and his gang, along with other gang rivals, traded in their weapons for Bibles. This was to be the beginning of the world's largest and most effective faith-based treatment program for those living with life-controlling issues such as alcohol and narcotic addiction. In the years to come, the author of The Cross and the Switchblade, Pastor David Wilkerson, would commit his life and passion to working with men and women from all walks of life through the founding of the International Ministry of Teen Challenge. Well, we here at Take 12 Recovery Radio invite you to tune in every Monday for the Adult and Teen Challenge Good News Report for powerful stories of deliverance from the dark side of addictions and the life-changing journey of men and women who have been set free and now walk in the light of their Creator. That's every Monday, broadcasting all day, right here at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial for the Adult and Teen Challenge Good News Report. 
This is Tony Morosi from the recovery band Selfish Steam, and we're listening to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show with the Monty Man on KHLT Broadcasting. And now. And now. It's the Quiz of the Week. Everybody, this is where we like to see if we can stuff our co-hosts without making them too angry or too resentful. With the quiz of the week, brought to you by the Top Step Gazette. That's right, Cecil. Top Step Gazette, <clears throat> just a wonderful uh, recovery publication. Visit their website at twelvestepgazette.com. All right, this week Bible trivia. A little Bible trivia. Ooh. We haven't done Bible trivia in a long Bible time. Bible trivia, Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> and these are not multiple choice. Ah, these are these are a little harder. I get ready. Okay, and you, and you know, or either one of those if you get it right, and of course if you get it wrong. I was just going to say how. Now that I might be get a resentment upbeat. about. Yeah, it's upbeat. Yeah. And then they come up with something. Oh my goodness. <laughs> What'd you say you about resentment? I hope I don't. That I might get a resentment for the little blue yeah. horn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's number one. What was the Apostle Paul's occupation? Oh, yeah. It was a tent maker. Eve? He was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're going to go with that, too? All right. You guys are right. He was a tent maker. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where was Jesus arrested the night of his betrayal? The Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, Bruce? Garden of Gethsemane. Very good. Uh, finish this verse. It comes from Romans 8.31. Oh, if, oh. if God be for us, who's who can against be us? against us? Yay! <laughs> you get both of that. Uh, what person in the Old Testament was turned into a pillar of salt? Oh, gosh. Lot's wife. Yeah. Lot's wife. You think? Okay. Yeah, you got it. Good. Um, I mean, just think about that. I wanted to say what person in the Old Testament was turned into. Um, um, I can't remember the name of it now. I just, I just lost my train of thought. It was a seasoning. Good. <laughs> Trivia's over. Trivia's <laughs> over. Uh, who disobeyed God and wound up spending three days and nights in a large fish? Jonah. Oh, right. Yes, Jonah. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> um, God's children, the nation of Israel, roamed the wilderness for 40 years after leaving Egypt. What special food did God give them from heaven? Manna. Manna. Yes, manna is very right. Kind of like oatmeal, from what I understand. Kind of a texture thing was that a first count first hand account from somebody i'm not that old <laughs> no i i heard that you know the, the thing that amazes me the shoes the sandals the what oh the shoes we're talking 40 years yes yeah a journey that should have taken four weeks yeah <laughs> no but they didn't wear out <laughs> That Bruce will be signing his book at REI this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, here's your bonus. Uh, Jesus spoke of Do the... Do you wa- think they ran around in bare feet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Hey, if God can part the Red Sea, he can supply his kids with sandals that'll <laughs> wear right. out. I that's right. That's right. All right. Jesus spoke of the wise men who built his house, of uh, the wise man who built his house on what? A rock. A rock. And the foolish man who built his house on what? Sand. Sand. Very good. You guys got all right. Still no trip to Hawaii. <laughs> Now that's just not that's not quite fair. That's not fair. Yeah. All right, we'll be back with the topic. Is there a difference between anger and resentment? When we return, don't go away. Therapy Addiction Healing Centers offers a family program that is designed to help family members learn about the family disease of addiction and begin their own path to emotional healing. We work with you, the family member, to explore your own emotional life and better understand what your loved one is going through while in treatment. We recognize what you have experienced can be extremely traumatic, and we are here to help. To begin with your journey of healing today, visit our website at therapia.net or call our toll-free number at 855 855- Six five two four three two five. Choosing a facility for drug and alcohol rehabilitation treatment is an important decision. It should be a place where you will be comfortable and supported and one that is staffed, equipped, and programmed for successful outcomes. Introducing Free by the Sea, located on five acres of secluded waterfront property along the southwest Washington coast, away from big city distractions. The campus is a renovated resort property, so the grounds are lush and beautiful. Above all, the reason to choose Free by the Sea is the success rate of our counselors and staff in helping clients to transition to a life free from addiction. For more information or to schedule a visit, call 800-272-9199 or visit our website at freebythesea.com. What a lucky man he was. What a lucky man he was. All righty, welcome back to the show. We are begging the question, is there a difference between anger and resentment? Now, within our 12-step um, support meetings, uh, and even woven in the literature of uh, most 12-step programs literature, there seems to be an emphasis on uh, places we should not go emotionally or respond to in certain ways. Uh, anger and resentment seem to be leading the procession there. What's wrong with my mic? There we go. <clears throat> um, this uh, this short article comes from powerfullyrecovered.com. It says, often you'll hear 12-steppers make a statement like, don't get angry, you'll slip. If there's someone around with some time, they may point out that resentment, not anger, is the real threat to continuous abstinence. The difference between the two are important. Anger is defined as a strong feeling of displeasure and usually of antagonism. Resentment, on the other hand, is persistent ill will. Uh, Anger is that sudden emotion that overcomes us when something goes wrong or we think something has or we think something has gone wrong. You know, someone cuts us off in traffic and we immediately get angry or someone is rude to us and our reaction is anger. Anger turns into resentment when we allow the anger to become persistent. If, when we're cut off in traffic, we allow our anger to grow so we take some sort of uh, destructive action, like chasing the offender down, 
Uh, we're now into resentment. If when someone is rude, we let that anger simmer, so we're having fantasies of revenge, we're dealing with resentments. Uh, anger is an automatic response to a situation. We may not be able to control the fact of our anger, but we can control how we behave when anger strikes. Resentment is really a choice we've decided on some level or allowed ourselves to stay angry. The Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous says resentment is the number uh, one uh, offender. Did you just say anger was a choice? Resentment was a choice. Resentment oh, okay. was the choice. Okay. Uh, the Big Book of AA says resentment is the number one offender, page 64, and for good reason. Uh, one, a resentment is always about what someone or something has done to us or our perception. Or number two, a resentment keeps us feeling like a victim. Yes. Uh, these are exactly the sorts of feelings that build excuses for relapse. Amen. So... The good book says, be angry and sin not. But do not sin, yeah. Ephesians 4.26. Um, some versions say, in your anger, do not sin. It, it, it's almost telling you, you're going to get angry. Mm -hmm. You know, even the Lord got angry. Yes. Um, so anger in and of itself is not a sinful behavior. It's not missing the mark. It's a natural response. It's actually, and in fact, in most treatment programs, I'll teach you, it's an energy. And it has to be released somehow. Mm -hmm. Some people use screaming pillows. I had one of those. I had my mother mother's face on it <laughs> in, my, in my head. I did more than scream in it. I jumped up and down on it. I punched it out, you know, something like that. Uh, but anger, but, but anger is an energy. It's got to go somewhere. We got to do something with it. What we do with it is going to determine whether it becomes a resentment or not. So your thoughts, Bruce? What are your thoughts? You're looking with that inquisitive. I'm not look. sure how to to get into this and how to even start. But if I'm angry mm -hmm. and I don't find an outlet for it, yeah. it's going to be a resentment. I mean, it's, that's just the way it is with me. Mm. I'm going to carry it and brood on it, and you know. And it, it started off just because I do believe that you can be angry and not have a resentment. Mm -hmm. Angry because of what somebody's done or you perceive they've done and not carry it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? But right away, if I get angry, that feeling of displeasure that it produces within me, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it could quickly go to a resentment. Really quickly, right? Well, I don't think it I has think to simmer too long for some of us. I think sometimes it, it could be pretty quick, mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the things that uh, I've been taught in the program is when I see that, and that happens, do something about it. Yeah, Don't wait. Do something about it. A guy said something to him the other day, and I thought he was being very rude to me and disrespecting me. And I says, are you doing this on purpose? You know? Yeah. And if I wouldn't have said that, you know, to him and asked that question, I think I would have got a resentment. Now watch, though. His response was terrible when I said that. So I still had to go do something. So when he come out of the restroom, I told him, hey, you know something, I think I was a little rude. And I'm sorry. And then I live with this guy, so 
I knew that that wasn't enough, that we didn't, he was leaving the room because of, he was uncomfortable not just to go to the restroom. Mm-hmm. So when he come back later on that day from church, I stopped him and we had about a five or ten minute talk. And I told him, I just really am sorry that I caused the situation. See, but I was able to do something with it. But if it wouldn't have done that, I'd have been brooding on his response and how wrong he was. <laughs> yeah, that's what those steps have done for us if we've completed them. Mm-hmm. We we do see our part. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it possible, <clears throat> other than just the natural feeling of anger, um, to not actually have a part in feeling angry? I'm not I talking think, about resentments I, now. I'm just talking about yes. that, that. That yeah, yeah, definitely. Say that again. Is it possible, other than just the fact that we respond? I mean, not, not respond that we feel angry. Is it possible not to actually have a part in whatever it's happening that makes us feel angry? Oh, the, oh, that we don't. We're not playing a part. Yeah. You, you bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I think we still have to be careful. Yes, and see that maybe we got our little feelings hurt or something. You see what I mean? But did did we play a part in it? Did the other person? Did we do something to cause that to take place? I'm not too sure. See, I think that's why people make these amends without uh, uh, a sponsor or someone. To talk to, mm-hmm. and they're out there doing making amends for something. I don't know that they have to make amends for. Yeah, we're really good at at, at at telling people that you absolutely had had a part in this, and you need to figure out what it is. Yeah, I mean, we kind of almost take it to a legalistic point. I mm-hmm. think sometimes, you know, when when there is very possible, it's very possible you didn't play a part at all. There are times when we don't play a part. Yeah, but see, we're, we're done with what Eve said. We're taught to to take a look at ourselves <clears throat> and see what we've done. And doggone it, sometimes it just it's just not there, you know. Or sometimes we the amends isn't isn't uh, doesn't have to be made. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let people uh, have to have the consequences for what they've done. Or they're never going to grow. Boy, this is controversial. I, I can tell. I, I know there's people going, nah, you always play a part. <laughs> no, well, what about what about children who are abused? Yeah, you know, they didn't play com- a part. No, they didn't. Or adults? No, they've been raped. That's right. They didn't play a part. Their part is carrying that. Say they they use it to hold people at bay or to get people to feel sorry for them. But did they play a part in the act? No, 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 no. no. And that's what I'd like to to add on to what Bruce just said. And also when you first define resentment is that that victim mentality. Yes. That's where it becomes toxic, absolutely toxic. And we will behave in ways that are not fair to the world if we develop that mentality. You know, we're always going to blame somebody for our problems. You get stuck in that. It's like yeah. a groove. And uh, and then, yeah, then because you were victimized, you end up victimizing other people and holding them responsible for your whatever's going on in your life that's not mm-hmm. 
that you see mm-hmm. is not fair. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why you have to do up a thorough inventory for you can start to see those things. I agree. We can sit here and talk about it. That's really hard to see in yourself and in in individuals. You know? Yeah. You need guidance. You need somebody to help you push these things aside that mm-hmm. you've <clears throat> built up and these rationalizations and justifications that we have. You see what I mean? To look around the corner. See, and I think that's what, when I seen that, it was the most wonderful thing that could ever happen to me, but I'm sure glad there was somebody guiding me. Yes, mine was one-on-one with God. And and I actually, in the past as a counselor, have never been able to get somebody to see it. It's always come through a back door for them in some way because mm-hmm. it's such a defense. Yeah. It's a It's a huge defense. If they don't have to take responsibility... Plus, it's the addict's well-worn tool to justify drinking and, and uh, using yeah. is that victim mentality. It's funny you bring that part up about this. It is about God. What it showed me, Eve, is my need for God. Yes. See, this is when he started to become very precious to me. You see the word I'm using? I did that because of, oh, I can't think right now. <sighs> The fisherman. Oh, it's his name. Peter. You know, he used that word a lot for mm. for Christ precious. He was precious. Mm. Say and uh, he became very precious because I seen that for the very first time in my life. Mm-hmm. For the very first time in my life I was able to see and I seen my need for him in my life. Yeah. You know, to change me and he <clears throat> he used those things. Those very things <laughs> to turn my life around. You know, I, I I I used to think that the good book when it said "Be angry but do not sin" was giving me a license to be angry. Go mm-hmm. ahead and be. I was interpreting it as, well, go ahead and be angry. Just don't, just don't, you know, go sideways with it. Just, but go ahead and be angry. And I think what it's saying is. Uh, be angry. I don't think it's it, it's encouraging you to be angry. I think it's. I like the translation. In your anger, do not sin. Um, because let's let's face it. If we can avoid <clears throat> anger, that's a good thing. You know, the big book talks about how it is what the dubious luxury mm. of uh, that. That means that it's not even good for healthier people. Yes, really. I mean, because from from anger, we we have. Um, it, it it can give birth to resentment, and from resentment is develop all sorts of spiritual disease. That's what the big book says. From resentment, not alcoholism, from yes. resentment mm-hmm. becomes the disease. Um, and we, you know, we have heart disease, congestive heart failure. We have stress, and, you know, brain disorders. I mean, there are people that get so upset that they'll they're, they'll have a hemorrhage. You know, veins will pop out of their heads, and you're wondering if they're going to have a stroke. Some people do. Mm-hmm. You know, so what fuels that kind of stuff? I mean, I mean, okay, so it's a natural response. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. It's few people that don't have some kind of response. You know, some people are very, very kind. They'll start to get mad and they go, ah, that's nah, all right. It's no big deal. Other people will 
you know, flip the guy off out of out of a just a knee jerk reaction. I don't know that that's a resentment other than a knee jerk reaction. But what is it that causes that in us? What do you guys think? Well, I, I again, I I think it has to do with our perception of either being, you know, that these things happen to everybody. It just happens to be my turn right now, mm-hmm. or the person that says, "Why did you do that to me?" That vic that perception that it was a personal affront to the person. And so that that defense comes up and, yeah, they're off and running. Even though that might not be a resentment, you're talking about an instantaneous response. Right. The word that you used was a feeling of discomfort. Yes. For for anger. And I think that's what happens to us. And I think 90% of us learn to run on the feelings. So it creates this feeling of displeasure within us and we want to react to that Mm -hmm. and we've been harmed and what we've learned is feelings aren't right and they aren't wrong they just are yes you see so when we have that and we have this this way of looking at it if if we're going to act this way from feelings of pleasure we can't knock that off because of our emotional nature our emotional nature. Well, then, another reason for God. You see, because we can't change that. You know, and it's in and right. Of no matter how many programs or anything else we do, left left to our own devices, we're, we we're can't. How about the root core of this right. thing? It's called selfish and self-centeredness. My poor little feelings. Mm-hmm. You see, yeah. so if if this is true and that's our nature, I was talking to a person the other day, and they said no, and they said there's this spiritual side of us, and I says, you bet there is, but see what we have to learn to do is feed that, yes, and not those feelings and what goes on in my little mind. Yeah, I love when it talks about. Um, that we we think about the other person as perhaps spiritually sick, right. like like we are. Yeah. That humility, and and you said you know that we're kind of powerless over that. But that one sentence in the big book has helped me a great deal. Me too. And just thinking about it, I think, oh yeah, my favorite prayer. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite prayer. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's huge to to realize that we have fallen short in so many ways that we really are living on God's grace here. It's nothing that we've earned and that leveling of the playing field and realizing that they're that whatever we're dealing with in another person. It's not till you get to that place, Eve, I think you could answer this any way you want. It's not till I get to that that the playing field became level. Yes. And I understood for the very first time in my life that we all need him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was here to call out a people for his name's sake, not for mine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a concept. <laughs> yeah, I've been wrong all these years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, see, we, go ahead. Even in our studies, Eve, isn't it true that it's so easy for us to talk about the human aspect mm. of what's going on in the 40 years in the wilderness and all that instead of looking for Christ. Yes. 
See, that's what we should be looking for. <clears throat> See, but we want to talk about the human aspect and what is it, what is it that we did or have to do. Sure. See, that's how we become legalistic. Yes, and tired. Oh, exhausted. <laughs> exhausted. When you mess up, Eve, Yeah. what do you have to do? You have to try harder. Yeah. See, the next time it's the only thing left. It's the only thing left if it's just you you're running on. Yeah. So so the prayer that, that we are referring to is in the fourth step in how it works. It says this was our course. I, 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 just, I love the way it starts. Yes. It's kind of like the Bible doesn't try to prove God. It says in the beginning God. It makes an assumption. <laughs> in the beginning God. I'm not trying to sit here and try to prove I, I to you. I missed that God. trivia question, so move on. Okay. <laughs> so this was our course. In other words, it's saying, it's saying this, is what's, this is going to happen. It just is. You don't have to worry about whether it is or isn't. It will. Uh, we realize that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Or we could reword that and say, we realize that the people that are going to wrong us sometime during today <clears throat> were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms. So we're not denying that, that we're angry. Mm-hmm. We're not denying that. We're not saying, oh, I'm not really that upset. Because we do that too. We'll go, oh, it's okay. Somebody said the other day I was listening to something on the radio and they said um, that a mentor of them taught them that when somebody came and asked forgiveness, do not say, it's okay. Receive it and say, you know, I accept your apology. I forgive you. But don't say, oh, no, it's okay. Because it wasn't okay. So we acknowledge that we're angry, though we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us. Uh Uh-oh. So they disturbed us? It wasn't just that we didn't like them, but now we're disturbed. Now all of a sudden the playing field's getting a little more level, and then they just then they, he just wipes it out. We're totally level now. They like ourselves. Yes. They like ourselves. Uh, we're sick too. And then the prayer directive is we ask God to help us show them and, the same thing. And what are they talking about there? They were sick too. What? Spiritually sick. Mm-hmm. Yes, spiritually and that, sick. And I'm going to make a statement here because I'd like to get it out. I also believe that that's the disease. The spiritual sickness. You bet. Yeah. It's not the alcoholism. No. Well, it says oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it the says. The page before. Uh, yeah. Yeah, page 64. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it, not from alcoholism, from resentment, stem all forms of spiritual disease. Yeah, because it's about us. <laughs> yes. I used to think that this was the only time in the big book that alcoholism was referred to as a disease. It, it's not in there at all. It's talking about resentments. Yeah. In that trip. It's a, <laughs> you know, it's a wonderful thing when you... We sit here, and that's why I just love this so much. We know what the person's talking about. But it's so hard to get people to see <clears throat> that we need a savior. This this is this just did right. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, we. I don't know whether they have to hit a bottom, and understand their need, or they're way up here, and and just have to see their need. But I don't believe it's, that you're going to see it until he does something to the heart. Until that's done, right. I don't know that we're able to 
even look at this thing properly. You know, you said something really interesting there. I never thought about this before. But but people have seen their need for a relationship with God from the very depths of, of just the pits of pits. And they've also seen it from being at great heights mm-hmm. because they found themselves alone with their stuff and they've got prestige, they're influential, they're popular, and they're alone. And they cry out to God and they say, you know, I, this isn't working. So we don't have to be living in a dumpster <laughs> to see our need. We could be getting everything and anything we ever wanted. That's right. That, that's right. Yeah. I, I was meditating on that the other wow. day and, and thinking about that, and you know. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we we don't necessarily have to hit a bottom. We can hit a height. Ooh. <laughs> Somebody call up Hazelden. I got a book to write. <laughs> yeah. Where is that scripture verse that contentment with godliness is great gain? That word contentment is a perception. Being grateful Certainly and thankful is. for what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gee. Yeah. So let let's uh, let's talk about. I just want to scratch the surface on this because next week. Are you going to be here next week? Uh, no, not next week. Only because I'm going up to see my son. Okay. Yes. So we'll we'll save it for week after next. Okay. But I, I want to talk about shame when you come back. Okay. We haven't Whoa. talked about that in a long time. We talked about it a few years back. A few when years I was back. On the show. Yeah, I and mean, I still have your book. I think on my bookshelf. Mm. I have. Uh, I don't think I've ever had that. Really? Memory. Yeah. Because it, uh, there, shame can kind of enter into this stuff. And I'll give you an example of, of something where a person does not play a part and everybody thinks they do. She was drunk, so she put herself in a position to be raped. I've heard that a million times. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. I don't buy it. Yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care how irresponsible you were i don't care how drunk you got i don't care nobody deserves or asked for that true you just don't but from that can come all sorts of shame because of the way we treat people yes and can i tell you that just kind of makes me angry (laughs) (laughs) well if you hadn't of and it comes in all sorts of forms, not not just that. You know, well, if you had, and we do it to ourselves. If I hadn't of, if I just this and did this and not this, this wouldn't have happened. And we beat ourselves up and then we yes. get angry with ourselves and then we hold resentments towards ourselves. It's, gosh, it's a just a vicious cycle. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, so, so how long does it take for anger to turn into a resentment? Oh, in a millisecond. In a millisecond? I think so because you can go from that, just that, the general feeling to making it a personal thing or or just, you know, feeling like it was something that somebody did to you instead of just, you know, you happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. So if somebody says, you know what, such and such happened a month ago, and I'm still really angry about that, it's probably not anger. No. Mm Mm-mm. You've been simmering on a resentment there. You're obsessing. You're obsessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the alcoholic is, is really good at that. Yes, indeed. You know, I mean, really good at it. If there's anything I think that where he's different, you know, it's there. 
And, and I'm and I'm guessing. I'm just thinking about some things in my own life. I'm guessing that once it's turned into a resentment, it stays a resentment. Uh, I'll give you an example. Somebody that that did me wrong years ago, and have let it go. I mean, it's water under the bridge. We we've reconciled and everything else. And I drive by a place where this happened, and all of a sudden the resentment just comes flying <laughs> off the shelf again, and it's in my face. I'm not angry. Now, see, we should talk. Oh, that's about interesting. That. <laughs> that's interesting. It's like it's in a jar, and once it converted to a resentment, it stayed a resentment. You know, and I had a, had an example of a place I worked for many years ago. I used to drive by this building, and this isn't the same story, but I used to drive by this building, and I told my sponsor, I said, "When am I going to stop being angry about that? When am I going to stop being resentful about?" It? He says, "When you stop at that stoplight and you don't look over at that yeah. building." My my sister one day that happened was gifted, mm. and she worked with with retarded children, mm-hmm. and she was just really gifted in that that area. But she's we could be sitting at a table, and I would say something that was just ridiculous, okay, and she said, "Bruce, you ought to hear <laughs> what's coming out of your mouth." <laughs> you know what I mean? No, thank you. <laughs> I mean. Right away, you know, we get that feeling to displeasure. Don't do this in front of people. You know what I mean? But now listen what my sister could do. She could turn right around and say a few words and bring you right back into the fold. Mm. And you you could be there and be comfortable and and at ease uh, just like you were before she chastised you. Mm. But she would tell you. That's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I'm wondering if she didn't know something or to have a method or have a relationship that was the guidance in her life to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. But because I seen her do it, you know, to me, you know, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd have to get up and leave. And there came a time when. She was able to do just a few words, just to let you know that that's over with. Mm -hmm. That's done. Mm -hmm. You know, I said it, now it's gone. Yeah. See, I mean, so it didn't fester. Hey, I still love you. Yes, that scripture verse, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Right. Don't let it, don't let it just hang there. Absolutely. Resolve it at your earliest convenience. You know, talk it out with people, whatever. And that's difficult. That's something that I'm... It is. Actually, it's getting much better in my life where I'm able to do that. So that's... But I never used to be. I would just... I would go silent and I would break off relationship. Me I just too. disappear. I'd drop off the face as oh, far as I've done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to go with my daughter right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we just want to label it like we're stubborn or defiance. Well, we are. Mm-hmm. See? But there's something wrong here. You know, and I think <clears> it's <throat> our, our spiritual life. And we just started to put it together and to to live out of that instead of out of all of this other stuff we've been talking about on this radio program today. You know, before social media, it was called delete. Today it's called block. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right? I'll just block you. 
That's it. We're done. <laughs> so as as if you vanished in midair somewhere by my power of my my thumb or my forefinger block. You know, they're gone. They're uh, done. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but let me expound on that just a little bit though. Sometimes it's you've got to unplug. You know, it it, it Sometimes people are really toxic, and man, if, if you're not healthy enough to be dealing with their BS, maybe you need to unplug. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a guy. I had to do this with a guy not too long ago, not too many weeks ago, and he goes, "Oh, block me everywhere, Mister Honorable." And I'm like, "Oh, maybe you need to unplug." You know, but but I mean, I don't know how he got to me. He got to me through LinkedIn or something like that, and he said that, and I thought, I just, I I I know me. And if I engage this individual, I am going to get so angry, it's going to turn into resentment, and then it's just it's not going to stop. And Marsha's has been my greatest supporter in this. She'll say, don't engage them mm-hmm. when they're being, you know, moronic in their behavior, and especially if they know better and they're just trying to push your buttons. Just don't engage. Yeah, that's a learned behavior for us. It is a learned behavior. But if you're blocking because you're you're demanding your rights and you're going to show them... That's probably not mm-hmm. the right motivation. <laughs> I'll just block you. You'll be sorry when I'm gone. It's like they don't even know you, man. They've just been on internet for the only block I know is I'll knock that block off. <laughs> You're right off the block. So it used to be I'll hang up on you. Then it was, you know, I'll delete. And now it's block. Unfriend. Were they really your friend in the first place? You know, the 3,000... I mean, I love all you guys that are on Facebook. We got, you know, we're going on 3,500 friends now. But I'm sorry, but the majority of you aren't my friends. They're Facebook folks, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And I don't say that as, you know, anything negative at all. Now you just give some people a resentment. Yeah, now they got a resentment. But I thought you were my friend. (laughs) I mean, okay, as far as social media goes, I am your friend. As far as you can get with that, mm-hmm. don't get angry and delete yourself just because I'm not your best buddy. Because um, probably if most of us on social media actually hung out together, it would be a messy thing. <laughs> it wouldn't be good. Bruce goes, I don't know. I have no idea what that's like. Right, Bruce? Well, I... No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you're probably you know, blessed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think I am. Yeah. Because I, I have no desire to to go there to engage in that. Because yeah. I would have got myself in trouble and yeah. hurting people, mm-hmm. you know, feelings and oh, it's, it's just a big snare. Yeah. I'd have never been able to unwind that. You know. Yes, I've made comments in the past that I've really regretted. Been so spiritually unfit. Yeah, I have to. No humility in my response to something sometimes. I think there's the key. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. humility. I think it's the big one. Well, I'll tell you what's helped me with this, and it's something I've learned, and a lot of people on Facebook have been the guinea pigs, unfortunately. But I, 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 I'm now able to sit back and go, wait, before I, before I click enter, is this going to be a... a is this going to be a positive influence for the shows I post? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's my purpose for having this Facebook account? It's really primarily for the show. You've got an obligation that yeah. some of us don't have. Now, so what I've done, though, and I'm going to tell myself, I'll go, well, I'll just private message the jerk. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
So now it's not on Facebook, it's just a private message. Um, but God's working with me on that too. Gosh, mm-hmm. we're such reactionists. Yes. Ugh. Reactionists. Reactionists. Is that a word? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it is. so, yes. We are reactionists. All right, so closing out the uh, the show this week is Jamie Elker, and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping to have him uh, on the show at some point. Uh, this is a song called "A Call to Arms." It's becoming um, kind of popular within the recovery podcast community. So check this out. We'll come back and sign off. Jamie Elker, A Call to Arms. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with Eve D., Bruce H., Christy the Cat, and Owl the Dog, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now.
This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Ooh, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs>